Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to the Great Transylvanian Bite Off, where we will be pitting the worst vampire doctor you ever did see against Dracula, who they name drop constantly in this film. I'm Daniel Kunkel. It must be said they do it a lot. I'm Evan Morkal. And today we are, of course, talking about the one, the only Morbius. What? Released what a movie. Two minutes ago, <laughs> finally, after being delayed for 17 years, uh, we finally get to see Jared Leto's wonderful vision of a world where he is uh, a doctor and also a vampire. Dr. Vampire is actually Dr. how we refer vampire. to him. Doc, Dr. Vampire. This movie, uh, where to begin? Uh, where to begin? <laughs> Um, okay, okay, okay. Tell me, please, because I don't know where to begin. Uh, truly, if you were to go look at the IMDb for this or the Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, it's going to tell you not to go. And it's right. Don't go watch this in a theater, okay? Yes. Because here's the big thing about this movie that I can't get away from, and you mentioned it too. It should be so much better than it is. This should be shock i went expecting to hate it and like love hating it a la your daredevils your um electras catwoman that sort of thing no i was actually like watching it and was like there's actually a lot of good stuff in here the it looks yeah. excellent it looks first it looks foremost. great i think once you get used to the cgi vampire faces um you really kind of i'm I didn't have a problem with the rest of it. The whole, the no. overall tone, the way it's shot is really great. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, Oliver Wood, like who is one of the most accomplished cinematographers over the last probably 50 years is a cinematographer for this. This is a man who's been going since the sixties and, uh, it looks great. Oliver um, Wood, if you're not up to date on your um, award-winning cinematographers, <laughs> cinematographer for Die Hard 2, Face Off, Talladega Nights, Every single born movie. Um, th I mean, this is a guy who knows how to shoot every kind of movie under the sun. He I did Scooby-Doo 2. Yes, he did. He did Scooby-Doo 2. He did Anchorman. Like, he did the he's newest Ben Hur. He did Jack <laughs> he, Reacher. Exactly. He's done, he's done so everything much. from like, like Freaky Friday, which is like nothing really going on all the way up to ben-hur where they tried to recreate one of the most iconic large-scale epic films ever made yeah it looks great the editing uh this was edited by pietro scalia who i mean an oscar winner yeah <laughs> won it for black hawk down one of the best war movies one of the tensest movies i've ever seen yes uh, like a, a movie that makes your butt cheeks clench together this guy did um Black Hawk Down, Gladiator, Goodwill Hunting, uh, American Gothic, American Gangster, uh, both of the amazing Spider-Man movies, which say what you will about those movies. They look incredible. And it's probably the best web swinging we have ever seen in a film, honestly. Absolutely. Prometheus, The Martian, Alien Covenant, uh, 13 Hours. like, And the, the this should have been good the director of this movie daniel espinosa i actually think was an 
excellent choice to do this film. He did uh, two great movies. He did Safe House, mm-hmm. which has Denzel Washington, Ryan Reynolds, excellent, excellent, very like uh, yeah. tight, compact action film, all set mostly in one place. He also did Life, which is like kind of hit or miss. Um Again, starring, uh, sorry, Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, Rebecca Ferguson. Like, this is a guy who knows how to do movies. And more importantly, Safe House, Life, Morbius. Every single one of these movies, ignoring uh, advertising budgets, which nobody knows ever. uh, These movies all had budgets of less than $100 million. Mm -hmm. And he just knows how something about what he does. He knows how to make movies that are made relatively cheap by blockbuster standards for for context for budgets if you're not if you don't pay attention to that uh shang chi had a budget of 150 to 200 million yeah so your average marvel movie is sitting around the 100 to to 250 million yeah budget this is but right this around is a, half of that lower end this is a 75 to that, 83 million dollar movie and the special effects for this were better than Shang-Chi, Black Widow, they are better than most of the everything besides the really major Marvel movies or um, uh, Spider-Man. They're easily on par. This looks incredible. And and what you're saying, notably, like, sorry, no, no, no. I was going to say what you're saying about tight, too. I mean, he does. He's made some really tight but stressful movies, stressful in a good way, like high, high tension movies. This movie's actually only an hour and four, or sorry, 104 minutes. So mm-hmm. right around that hour 45 range, which is pretty much unheard of for a superhero movie these days. So many of them, you're looking at two hours and 15 minutes minimum. Uh, so to get this in under two hours, clearly, that's kind of incredible. The writers for this will talk. I think we'll talk loosely about the plot. The plot is not great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what what is notable is the ending of this movie, which is very reminiscent of one of our favorite Dracula movies, Dracula Untold. Yeah. And that's because it's the exact same writers as Dracula Untold, which an excellent Dracula movie, I would say, considering all the ones we have seen. Love that movie. However, these writers did also write God of Egypt and The Last Witch Hunter, two <laughs> not good movies. Yeah, um, but they did. They did Lost in Space. They are like the yeah. showrunners and writers for Lost in Space, which I've never seen. But my dad and my brother love that Lost show. Lost in Space is not a is not a bad. It's on. It's not a bad show. It's on Netflix for those who don't know it. It's pretty enjoyable. It carries a lot of good elements from the original show. Um, uh, and. The Power Rangers movie that came out in 2017 mm, could yes, have they did been worse. Well. They did that as well. Um, these guys have actually kind of like an incredibly short, high on blockbuster resume. I mean, yeah. they've only done major studio pictures since 2014. And, and bes- none of them have gone that well. <laughs> no. And besides Last Witch Hunter, which nobody, I think, had any real expectations for, I think that was just because there was a weird lull in Fast and Furious and they wanted to give Vin Diesel something to do. <laughs> but besides uh, that and Gods of Egypt, uh, I, I think it seems like people who worked on this movie have a history of doing these massive, fr- the writers specifically, yeah. have a history of doing these massive franchises where there also happens to be a lot of studio interference. Yeah. And that's something you hear thrown around a lot these days about 
every other Marvel movie and especially the DC movies. Um, but other, any movies, Power Rangers, anything where they're trying to build a franchise out of it, you hear about studio involvement, studio involvement. I have always been loosely aware of that when watching some of these terrible movies. I've never felt it more clearly than in this movie. Yeah, without a doubt. This movie, I mean, we'll get to it in a moment when we talk about the plot because I, you and I agreed there is one, somehow the worst part of this movie isn't actually part of the central story. It's the post credit scenes, um, yeah. which is a great example of a studio taking a script and saying, we're going to force feed some content into it. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was a huge hit. And you can tell from watching this movie because they said we want some of that. Um, and there, it really Sony thrusting that into it, I think, really hurts this movie. There is a, a an excellent, I would say, interview with the uh, with the director of this movie. Um, I'm trying to find the website. It, it's on. Is this the uh, I have a lot of self-hate interview? <laughs> I think he says it somewhere in there. This is from um, Uproxx, U-P-R-O-X-X uh, dot com. Um, this is a very, I think, a very candid interview. It's one of the most candid interviews I've ever read with a director promoting uh, one of their big Marvel Sony projects. Um, and he's asked straight up, like, did you shoot the post credit scenes? Like what was up with those? And he was like, yeah, I mean, that's just where like, like we didn't really know what it was going to look like, but we were kind of told to have something like that. And then when the movie came out and we got to see the special effects and what it was going to look like and what they were doing, then we had to like go back and, and tweak it. So he's like just fully admitting, like I didn't really want to do that. Yeah. Didn't really care about that. This hurt because I expected to like laugh my ass off at it and all I could and I did several times because <laughs> there are very, very funny parts. Um, I honest to God believe there is a good movie buried in here. I, I totally agree. And some of that is this cast. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'll start state right off the bat. I'm not a Jared Dude. Leto fan. OK, no, I you, you have to get over him in this. I mean, he is a colossal problem um on a lot of sets um yeah <laughs> and he and he was he was a problem on this yes. set he uh, he it is a true fact the director confirmed it uh dr michael morbius before he becomes um dr michael vampire lord he um he has a blood disease which means he has to use uh crutches the most at the beginning of the movie like first half an hour or so um and he jared leto would use those backstage like when they're just yeah. not shooting, he'd use them um, and slow down shooting days for the yeah. entire cast and crew, uh, <laughs> which is several dozen people, all of whom have families and lives to do besides make this not great filler movie. So Sony doesn't have to give the rights back. Yep. Um, and honestly, I expected more out of him because the couple of performances he's given the last few years, I was like, look, if nothing else, Jared Leto is going to go all out on this yeah and he doesn't he's boring as hell i was gonna say he reads like he's in a totally different type of movie than yep. everyone else and it's so exactly as you just said it's so counter to what we were expecting of him after we get to see him uh as the joker for example all right look i do you you can't say that it's good but you can no. at least say, as you just said, that he fucking went for it. I mean, he's doing crazy shit in that. 
And there is nothing about this that is on the same level of enthusiasm or commitment. Um, so even when you come in expecting Jared Leto to do his thing and be really method about it and really in his head and really all out, he doesn't even deliver that. And and people like that. Yeah. There are people who genuinely love Suicide Squad Joker, to yeah. which I say, excellent. Yeah. Love what you love. It's bad, but whatever. <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Who yeah. cares what I think? Yeah. I'm a white guy talking to a microphone. Who cares? Like, and so I think they're also going to be disappointed. I totally To agree. come in and be like, what? What is he doing? He's acting like he's in the King's speech or something. Like <laughs> Exactly. He is that level of like, I'm a very good actor. So the more like all on the same line that I am, the more people are going to love my performance. And it's like, no, no I liked no. Helena Bottom Carter doing that because it was very unexpected for her. <laughs> and it was a much better script than yours. Yeah. it It is a baffling movie that you should not pay money to see absolutely not um shout out though to matt smith 100 he is in the right movie all right he knows exactly what world he is in he knows exactly what he's going for in this and he has a great time um there is there's an entire scene where he spends dancing shirtless in front of a mirror just making vampire faces at himself and it's hysterical and you, it's the first time you watch this entire movie. It's the first time that you're like, oh, this is actually the vibe they needed. They needed more actors who were going to go out there and put this kind of silly, ridiculous bullshit on display. And love it or hate it, that's why Venom works. Exactly. Exactly. That's why this Ven- movie can't be on Venom's level is because no. at the very least, you had Tom Hardy fucking going for it in both you Venom had, movies. You had Tom Hardy acting like a disgusting raccoon man for the whole movie. <laughs> and if nothing else, you're like, what is what is going on, Tom Hardy? What I've never seen this side of you. I'd love it. Yeah. Doesn't have that. This this okay, so that's that's our opening <laughs> twice. 20 minute monologue about why this should have been a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's dive into why it's not. Where where to begin? <laughs> Pro- problem number so the beginning of the movie if you've seen a trailer for this movie, you've seen the movie. And if you wanted to watch this movie, you've already watched this movie. So we're just going to presume that you don't most of the uh, most of the movies on that we watch on this show are like Either you love them and you've seen them, or you're like, I've never heard of that movie. What is, I've never heard of that before, huh? You know, this is this is a rare situation where we don't have to talk about the plot because if you wanted to watch it, you did. And if you don't, the thought of us talking about the plot of Morbius for 30 minutes like we usually do, has you've already turned off the show. <laughs> Evan, Dr. Michael Morbius is a terrible doctor, and um, I wanted to do something funny to set up this bit, uh, but there's really nothing else to say besides, by golly, is he a terrible doctor, and I made my girlfriend come and watch this with me, who is a certified nursing assistant <laughs> and works in a hospital, and she had complaints. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Annika. Hi. Break it down for us. On a scale of one to ten, first of all, because we're all about ranking things here on the pod. Mm-hmm. How bad of a doctor slash uh, hospital research lab whatever manager is he yeah so i'm just gonna preface this by saying i believe technically 
he works in a research center that administers the treatment that he researches, which is not my exact area of expertise. I work in a hospital, but um, I, th I think the practices that I'm going to talk about that he did not do, I'm pretty sure are universal. As far as a scale from 1 to 10, my biggest complaints were with general safety in this hospital. Mm, okay. So I'm going to give him like, like a 2.5 out of 10 on safety. Um, That's terrible. Yeah. So I, so I got three big complaints here. Okay. Uh, the first one is with general hygiene and mace, basically um, infection control. Hmm. So you'll notice, feel free to ask me questions if I, if I use a term no, 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 you're not familiar with. Um, you'll notice he has an IV port in his arm at all times that he himself administers treatments into. Yes. Um, at no point in the process of this does he ever clean this IV port mm. or the skin around it. And sure, we could say maybe he's cleaning the skin when he's not on screen because that's not an interesting thing to look at. But he should, but he should open the port, clean it with alcohol, administer whatever he's administering, take that out, clean it with alcohol, and cap it. He doesn't even cap it, which means not only should his, his illness have killed him before now, he should have a bloodborne infection. <laughs> like... His blood should be more messed up than it is. Yeah, it should be full of, gotcha. like, staph or some other wild gotcha. bacteria. Um, we also see him several times, uh, him and his research assistant slash girlfriend. Um, <laughs> and Great then, way to describe their relationship, yes. Yeah, uh, we see him several times give injections, and only sometimes does he wear gloves while he's giving the injections. To the to the girl who's yes, got bad to his, disease too. Yeah, his the girl with with bad disease. The bad disease. The bad. Disease. They never name the disease. No, because I, I think they'd have to admit that they don't know what the properties of the disease are. That's your first first and second point are cleanliness. Uh, well, first, first point, point is cleanliness. cleanliness. Uh, right. Second point, I think, is his least egregious point. Okay. Um, he is just a giant waste of hospital resources. At one point, he's administering. Um, he has a pack of blood that he's transfusing into his arm, which you got to be pretty certain you got the right stuff if you're transfusing it straight into your arm with no one watching you. Mm -hmm. But um, he just, it's like partway finished transfusing and he just pulls the, the tubing out of his port and throws it straight on the ground. Yes, you audibly gasped at that part when we watched it. You audibly out, like, out loud were like, what are, no. Yeah, because now he has to replace that. Yeah. One, he didn't stop the machine, so I'm guessing blood is pumping out onto his ground. And <laughs> and two, now that whole tubing is garbage. And I personally don't do blood transfusions, but it's possible that the bag of blood would have to be replaced depending on your protocol. I don't know. I assume know. if you throw a bag of something, like something that's going into someone's body, I assume if it touches the floor, they're not like, five second rule, five, yeah. <laughs> just blow it off real quick and it's fine. Like, I... I I don't know. Yeah, that tubing is done. Okay, that's, cool. That's got to be replaced. So you you were saying Dr. Michael Morbius, as a member of the research staff, is himself wasting resources. Yes. Gotcha. It's also okay. bad for the environment. But that, yeah. Man, yeah. It's... And I'm assuming he did it so casually. This is not the first time he's just yanked some blood out and gotten up and, and come back later. I get the feeling he's stormed off from his private labs. Several times. Yeah, I could see that. Great. Okay, great first two points. Yeah, uh, my my third and final point, which I think is the most egregious point, is uh, general patient and practitioner safety. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, so we see one patient in this hospital, a little girl named Anna. Okay. Yeah. Um, she at one point has some kind of episode, seizure-like looking, but I we don't get the details on it. The the only nurse who works there sees the seizure happening and needs to immediately alert Dr. Michael Morbius that this is happening. She can't, they have an intercom system in the hospital. They use it later. Mm -hmm. Normally in any hospital, you would call a code and it would, you can alert immediately from where you are. Um, or a rapid response, another thing that probably this would have fallen I'd into. I assume if you were having a seizure, that would justify a rapid response mm-hmm. of some kind. Yes, and they would call on the intercom or direct message anyone who needed to respond to this to a phone that they're carrying all the time. They don't do that in this hospital. This nurse leaves the patient alone, runs around the hospital until she finds Michael Morbius, takes him back to the patient room, which, by the way, is not quick because he doesn't walk very quickly. No. Um, and Jared Leto, the actor, does Jared Leto, yes, because of his, his illness. Because <laughs> um, of his method acting illness, yeah. <laughs> and then he administers the treatment. Let's say at minimum that takes five minutes. Yeah. What if it's a heart attack? No one's doing compressions for Mm -hmm. five minutes. It's also strange that if, because she seems to be the only patient in the hospital. we Can we all agree on that? She is the only patient in this hospital. Why does the nurse, who seemingly her only job is to take care of Dr. Michael Morbius and this patient, why does she not know what to do? do so this is another thing i wanted to bring up okay she is the only nurse in this hospital as far as we can tell yeah which means one and we see her work work both day and night she's never taken a day off we learned and she's never taken a day off which could be hyperbole which means that this nurse is probably not getting her legally required eight hours of rest between shifts Mm, yes um And also, if she's the only nurse, there are some medications that I don't know if this is a hospital specific rule, but my hospital has some medications that require dual verification, which means you have to take it to another nurse and they have to verify that you're looking at the same and the correct medication. Gotcha. Or like that you're giving the proper dose. Yes. We do this with blood, notably, which these kids are getting constantly. Yes. There is no one except perhaps Morbius himself to verify that she's giving the correct medication, which means that her likelihood of errors, especially considering that she's probably working 16 hours a day every single day of the week, is crazy high. Like, this nurse should be administering random medications all over the place because there are no safety procedures in place. So maybe with this emergency, Morbius had to be the one to administer it. But she still couldn't get him very fast. She is with, she's, but, but he's with Martine. Yes. He's with Bancroft. Yes. So maybe she needed a dual verification on the medication is what I'm saying. Okay. And, and so she had to get a second person to administer it, which means she had to run around the hospital looking for him because yes. they can't bother to use the intercom system for emergencies. I, like, again, going back to if, if she's the only patient, because let's say even like, this is a very rare disease. They make that very clear throughout the movie. Let's say that like what they, they don't give a number, right? A number of oh people that of like it? it's like one in a million, blah 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 blah. I get the feeling it's like a one in a million, maybe like one in a couple million. So there's at most, let's say, 
five, ten patients in this hospital. Is that I fair? I think that's a fair rough estimate. Why do they not have... Also, again, it's a comic book movie, so who gives a shit? Why do they not have, like, a, like an earpiece? Because there's only ostensibly three of them working in the hospital. Why do they not have just, like, an earpiece or a phone or, like, a special, like, watch alert thing that they could just, like, hit the watch? And, okay, Dr. Michael Morbius, the only person in this hospital who knows what's going on, is going to come. Because that would require a level of forethought on safety that they have that not Dr. committed Michael to. Morbius does not have. Yeah. yeah, no, they have. Also, they do keep bats in the hospital. He does keep which, bats in the hospital, which I would think is also a safety violation. I would think so as well. Um, awesome. Well, there you have it. I mean, it's we could talk all day about it, but I figured it was just easier to have someone who actually works in a real, honest to god hospital come in and tell us just how bad of a doctor. Dr. Michael, how many times did you say his license should have been revoked? Because oh. we talked about this during the movie. Because we were one of the few people watching this film. Um, so often. I mean, unethical five experiments. Five at least. Yeah. Experiments that haven't been... Um, that haven't been like checked. I mean, the rates of bloodborne infection in his hospital should yeah. have been one in to begin with. Um, Misallocation of hospital resources. Yeah, I mean, I think dropping some tubing on the ground, he probably wouldn't be caught I, for that. I meant but... building a giant glass cylinder in the middle of his office specifically to capture um, Costa Rican bats. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm not no expert on what is a breach of medical ethics for doctors. But um, a lot. A lot. Yeah, times. I would say a lot for sure. There you go. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the pod. You're welcome. We really appreciate it. I'm going to roll uh, three feet behind you now back to my desk. That sounds good. All right. So if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. He has a blood disease never named. And he gets a cure by having a getting some blood from a bat and stabbing himself with it and doing no human trials before himself. It's on a boat. He, kill, he kills nine people on the boat. Doesn't matter. That's, I think, that's, okay, that's the first part this movie goes wrong on. He kills several people on the boat. Yeah. I, and, the movie, <laughs> and the movie spends the rest of its runtime going, eh, who cares? <laughs> Those were just mercenaries. <laughs> it's actually, um, oh, what's his name? Uh. Al Madrigal, shout out to Al. He's uh, he's great. Oh he plays uh, yes. an FBI agent in this, along with Tyree Skipson. Um, Al is fantastic, and he has a great line. I think it's actually the best line in the entire movie when he's like, "All right, the nine mercenaries, we could kind of like <laughs> give you a pass on those guys, but a nurse." <laughs> and you're like, "Well, that is the attitude of this movie. It really is like, eh, the first dozen people you kill don't matter. It's really just the one good person." Like, come it, on. It's it's such a um it's such a uh these movies where they try to make anti-heroes are so hard. Yeah. People think it's easy to make an anti-hero movie or a comic or a book or anything, and it's not. It's hard as hell because either you have to have them just be a bad guy, and we watch a movie about a bad guy. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And I've really only seen it done. I, 
uh, I would say the the Punisher TV series is the last time I've ever seen that done well. Where yeah, that Frank Castle's a bad dude in that show. Yeah, he kills people every episode, but he's generally doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, you know, it's a moral argument. This one, he straight up kills nine people, and then he's like, "They think I killed these people," and it's like, "You did! <laughs> you, you killed, killed them." Those. He's like, he gets locked up in jail at one point, and Matt Smith is like, I know you didn't do it. And it's like, I do. Yes, he did. <laughs> we saw he it. He killed like eight or nine. Uh, was it eight people? Eight people. He killed eight people. <laughs> I don't care if they were mercenaries. And if it was, like, they make a big deal about international waters, and it's like, that's not how international waters work. You still committed a crime. <laughs> so that's the first problem. Yeah. Though it is comic accurate, he did transform into Morbius the Living Vampire for the first time on a boat. So they got yes. that right. And he looks, when he's full Morbius, Dr. Michael Morbius, he looks good. He looks good. If you are somebody out there like myself, I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm a big Spider-Man the Animated Series fan, okay? Michael Morbius kicked ass in that show with the long trench coat, no scary face. Um he looks pretty great in this. Uh, the the look kind of works. I'm not gonna lie. His final, like I'm fully Morbius. I'm no longer Doctor Michael Morbius. I'm Morbius now. His final look is good. Yeah, but as you said, making making an antihero story is really difficult, and I think so many people. I think we we got lucky when we got introduced to Wolverine, who is a classic antihero in the comics. Um, yeah. We got introduced to him really, really well because we had a great actor who could support a lot of movies and they did a lot with him. And it made it seem easy. But it's important to remember that Wolverine is not an antihero in those movies. He is no. just a good guy. And Logan, the first he's movie little, where he's, he's a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> Logan, that, he's, he's not a bad guy. He's just a little, just rough, a little rough around the guy. edges. He's willing to say the F word, you know? Um, and and he then smokes. Yeah. Uh, Except when somebody asks him not to. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, okay. fine. And he stops smoking. What a bad boy. And Ooh. then, and then you know, we get, the, we get Logan, a, a great movie. Mm -hmm. Even then... I think that's the closest we see to comic accurate Logan. Like he's willing to just fuck some people up in that movie. And yet even then, everything he's doing is really a heroic, nice cause. That's the closest I think, though, we've seen to a successful anti-hero movie. So I in this yeah, movie, I, think the Wolf I would argue the Wolverine as well. Very easy to forget film. <laughs> Very easy to forget. But in that movie, he does do everything That's at that true. movie for himself. That's He's true. just a very selfish He's character very selfish that in movie. that movie. Uh, this is interesting because he kills people and then they're like, oh, but it's okay. They're just mercenaries. And so immediately they take the anti-hero element and shut it up, bottle it up. They say, no, it doesn't matter. He's a good guy. And we spend this entire movie seeing him as a good guy. And again, then at the end, they they try to put in this anti-hero turn again. They show him, spoiler alert, Michael Keaton shows up as Adrian Toomes, okay? He gets transported to this universe. And they try to put this anti-hero spin in it being like, it's Spider-Man's fault. And Morbius is like, yeah, I'm in. Why? 
Michael Morbius, Dr. Michael Morbius, Vampire Man, why do you care about Spider-Man? He does nothing to you in this. We don't know who Spider-Man is in this universe. A character never referenced in the Venom films. Never. Never referenced in this whole movie. And we're and so- suddenly Morbius is like, yeah, I'll be part of the Sinister Six. Yeah, yeah why not? Like, excuse me? Why not? You it know? doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Um, if uh, the best way I think I can encapsulate this movie is, we sat down for this movie. We had our had our, our tub of popcorn. There were three other people in the theater with us when we started the movie. By the end, there was one other person <laughs> with us. the The trailers play. Got to see some excellent flicks. I'm looking forward to. Got to see my Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Beasts, which I was like, I hate it, but I'm going to see it. Loves me, Harry Potter. And then the movie starts. And let it be said, the title sequence and the end credit sequence are excellent in this movie. Someone had an idea and they went with it. (laughs) And it's awesome. The title started. It was like, oh, Jared Leto, Sony, Marvel present um, Morbius. And the guy, this guy was like a rowback from us, like, 15 seats over this guy stood up clutched his hand i'm not making this up clutched his hand to his mouth and ran out of the theater and never returned (laughs) he was the smartest guy in the room at that moment (laughs) and the other guy who left stood up as the final fight was starting (laughs) arguably the best part of the movie yeah if not the second best and just left just left and was like at this point i mean at this point we're like an hour and 15 minutes into this hour and a half long movie and he was just like uh (laughs) no i'm done i think (laughs) oh it okay it sucks because he's so mopey and they give him a good reason to be mopey he lost control and he killed eight men and that's not what he's mopey about he's mopey about (laughs) killing more people but it's not like i've already killed i can't kill again he's like i can't take a life and it's like dr michael j morbius you have killed eight men i watched you do it you watched yourself do it you watched the security camera from the boat yep tyrese ah tyrese he's great talk about a way talk about a waste of an actor yeah Uh, he was great Waste of an actor. Total um, waste. Al Madrigal, they, it's Al Madrigal and, and Tyrese Gibson are, are partners in this. Mm-hmm. Two hilarious actors. Yeah. Excellent, excellent actors. Tyrese is like one of the main reasons I keep watching the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. And he he's serious. Like Al Madrigal's cracking jokes and Tyrese is not. Yeah. Also, I forgot about this until I was reading some Morbius articles. What happened to his robot arm? Uh, it didn't get used. It did not. And okay, this is another thing. Guys, you can go watch trailers of this movie where you see the arm. Okay. The arm is referenced two or three times in this movie. Every single scene that features his arm is cut. 
Which sucks because it looks like there was a cool like midday in a in Central Park fight. Yeah, it does. It looks like there was a lot of cool stuff that just got cut from this. And anything that featured Tyrese, I'm really upset about. Because again, he's he, they play a good cop, bad cop really, really well. Uh, yes. Those two are excellent. They deserve, this is the movie, the movie we should have had is just their buddy cop movie, tracking down vampires in New York. Well, why? So we we talk a lot, I think, mostly when we talk about the dark universe, we talked a lot about how to build a universe, a cinematic universe. It's clear that no one's willing to spend the time that Marvel did on their characters. So what I propose is that Sony does. You have these two guys. They become our POV characters into this universe. Yep. They're in just every movie. And they're just they're just always the detectives. When they're you're they're Mueller and Scully. Like whenever Mulder and Scully, whenever Venom is doing his venoming and Morbius is morbying and Vulture's vulturing and Craven's killing endangered animals. Don't know how they're going to make him a good guy, but God no help us. idea. Just have them be the cops. Yeah. You know, and, the, and then that's how we that's how we follow this universe. It's, I mean, it would be a, truly it would be such a better idea because yeah. it gives us because it would be an idea yeah it's something to it go forward be just with like, just do it yeah. see what i don't do it this and it's funny too because again we're talking about an anti-hero character and i really respect sony for being like look we got spider-man and he's got his great villains rogues gallery let's throw in a few of the anti-heroes people that he can both team up with and fight against excellent premise okay but in yeah. execution by not giving us a steady point of view on which we can build upon, right? Like Tony Stark is a great place for us to start a universe because we can all understand how he sees that world. And then from there, they could build and add to it. We don't have anything to, to go off of in this. Everything's different. Tom Hardy was a great place to start, but you didn't keep that ridiculousness going. Um, so, and you know, okay, Venom 2, Venom 2 is a hot mess. I don't know if you saw it. It's <laughs> I did not it is, see it. No. It is a total mess of a movie. I'm not going to sit here and say anything good about it, okay? But even then, that movie had more entertainment value in it with a less coherent plot and a longer, worse script than this movie did. Also, Tyrese can do serious. Yeah. Tyrese can, like... When he's wants to be serious in this, it was hard for me because I we had just watched like three of the Fast and Furiouses. But still, he's good. He's he good. looks good. He looks the part. He's acting the part. Yeah. Everybody is just in a different movie. Yeah. The the murder mystery movie that is Tyrese and Al tracking down this kind of vampire story, that's something to really go for. And that's I know good. Jared Leto is your 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 money man in this you know i know that's what they're thinking is they put jared leto on it and people are going to come to see him but a you have to be pretty out of touch to think that a lot of people are going to come watch jared leto in a marvel movie because he's it's not what he's good at and we all know it and b it wastes the talent of tyrese and al jared harris is in this like He's great. They got jared harris to be at this he's really good and then he just dies I'm, I don't I, I'm really upset about that. 
I don't understand the talent that Sodi keeps getting. No. Jared Harris, Matt Smith, Tyrese, Al, all wasted in Woody, this movie. Woody Harrelson, Tom oh Hardy, all of their movies. Woody Harrelson, Tom Hardy. They've got who's who's playing um Oh, it's it's um oh god, who's playing Craven? Oh, it's um <laughs> it's the guy who's Quicksilver. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, Aaron Taylor yeah, Johnson. Like pretty good actor. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's going to be great as it as I Craven, just, I think. I, I don't I don't get it. No, it is just it's wasted opportunities. Um it's a lack of perspective. It's it's not having a plan, not having a way to attack this universe. Especially look, I get it. You want to put Spider-Man in this in this franchise, okay? Spider-Man's huge right now. I get it. I get they're probably going to make a push for um not Toby and not Tom. Um, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, thank you. I was literally about to say Andy. The and I was best, like, the I best can't... actor of 2021. Yes. <laughs> I can't call him Andy on there. Um, no. But I, I guess they're going to- Boom's own Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're going to make, bet they're going to make a push for Andrew Garfield to be the Spider-Man in this, which 100%. is absolutely a great move. Mm-hmm. You, sh- you really, 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 really should have used him some because yeah. he's- I mean, as you just said, he's probably the best actor of the year. He is on a hot streak. I don't think anybody came out of Spider-Man No Way Home with a bigger boost than Andrew Garfield because we watched it and you, here's the thing. Okay. I don't know if this is a hot take to you. Oh shit. Oh shit. I (laughs) like the amazing Spider-Man movies. I'm just going to say it. Okay. The first one's good. The first one's good. He's a good Spider-Man. I have said it once. I've, I will say it until the day I die. In Amazing Spider-Man 2, after Gwen Stacy dies, that whole segment up till the end of the movie is peak Spider-Man. Yes. Especially in all... Because like in the comics, he doesn't have tragedy after tragedy after tragedy like the movies make it look. If you're going to do that, though, the the idea of him being so depressed he can't be Spider-Man and then... All it takes is Aunt May having a talk with him. An excellent Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Sally Field. My God. Sally Fields, get out of here. Knocking it out of the park. An incredible monologue of hers. I just remember it. I can remember it. That's the wild. I, she, she says specifically, she says, it's a shame that Spider-Man guy, Spider guy isn't still around. Yep. I think the world really needs him. And she, she fucking knows he's yeah, Spider-Man. She knows. She's telling him. She's telling him in a supportive way. And then him going out and facing... Paul Giamatti in a mech robot suit as the rhino? Come on. It's excellent. It's, it's incredible. Excellent. I'm with you 100%. Not I a hot take would. Here's the thing. I will. The rest of the movie is a train wreck. It's, the yeah, rest of the movie is, is bad. The first but one's good. Because of the studio stuff. Because of yes. the studio was because like. The studio stuff. The studio was like, have the basement of future sequel setup. Yeah. Have it in there. <laughs> and if they cut that, I truly think it would have been actually a very good Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. I think he Black is a cat. Come on. Yeah. I, I think he's actually, he's a really good Spider-Man. I think he's maybe one of the more comic accurate Spider-Mans that we've had, if not the most, I think in terms of attitude, sort of, uh, swagger, all of that. I think he's probably number one, uh, in my eyes and making and making Peter Parker because it doesn't matter that he's a nerd, I don't think. What matters is that he is a social outcast. Yes. That's the important part. He just can't fit into society quite right. He can't fit in among his peers. Yeah. Making him a skater guy who's just a little socially awkward 
makes a lot of sense. And it made a lot of sense back then, but I, then, and I still think it makes a lot of sense today. He's a great fit for a lot of the actors they have in this because, as we said, hey, if you get the right movie out of Jared Leto, he's going to be over the top and ridiculous. Tom Hardy is bringing it as Venom. We know it. Andrew Garfield's probably the right actor to match that level of silliness and commitment. And to to say we're going to capitalize on Spider-Man, but to not establish who that Spider-Man is, I think it's just a mistake. To have the last thing people walk away from your uh, Morbius movie remembering is uh, a guy from a different universe who has done better in that universe, coming to a new universe, finding a vampire man and saying, let's take out Spider-Man. And having that vampire man who has never acknowledged that there is Spider-Man, which if I was, if Spider-Man is the only, because in all the other ones, Spider-Man is the only superhero. Right. In Amazing Spider-Man and the original Spider-Mans, he is like the only superhero besides yeah. some throwaway stuff to like Doctor Strange in um, yeah. in Spider-Man 1. But um, if he was the only superhero and he lived in the city you lived in, you'd talk about him more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Andrew Garfield is the only guy who could stand up to Tom Hardy's quipping. I totally agree. They'd have Toby a lot Maguire of Tobey Maguire couldn't do it, and, and Tom Holland would be eaten alive. <laughs> Maybe I literally. think literally. Yeah. <laughs> it. This is a baffling, baffling movie. Um, the vampire effect. What did you think? He's got a very distinct special effect whenever he is flying and when he's using uh, his echolocation abilities. The echolocation I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I don't understand the flying. Okay? Yes, is he is he catching wind currents? Is he catching That's exactly what I was just going to say. Is he gliding? But then here's the thing. If he he's catching wind currents, <laughs> why the fuck is he flying in front of the subway yes. car, not yes. getting run yes. over by the subway car? Yes, 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 it yes, yes. doesn't make any sense. It's I an interesting moment. Flying. I think he's actually flying, which, okay, he's a vampire. Fine. Just commit to yeah. the fact that he's flying and don't explain it via air currents or anything like that. He's got, if you haven't seen the movie, I think you can actually see it in the trailers if you don't know what we're talking about. He's got it's a very distinct uh, wispy look yeah. going on around him whenever he uses his power. So when he's echolocating, it's kind of like he's smoky yeah, a little bit. Say he's smoky. <laughs> I think. And then when he's flying, it's very clear because it's just like, it's like they took him, they took they took Jared Leto, put him in the computer, and then when he was flying, they just took all of his clothings, added a smoke effect, and just dragged, dragged it behind it. him by like 10 feet. <laughs> um, I hate it at the end. I don't like it at the end. Yeah. Because it, it just – it raises questions. It's like, okay, so is is he Nightcrawler? Is he like teleporting? Exactly. That, see, that's what I was thinking was like this is sort of uh, – it's sort of Nightcrawler-esque. It's stealing a little bit from that effect, which I'm really okay it with. probably is that effect. Yeah. Let's be real. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with it. Nightcrawler is a wonderful character, and I think he is one of the coolest-looking visually affected characters that we've seen in any of those X-Men movies. I think it looks 100%. really cool. So to borrow from that – superhero, yeah, I would say. To borrow from that, I think is excellent. It's just the fact that you really have to commit to it and not give us this half-assed version where I don't understand why his coat is suddenly dragging behind him or why it's 
always tinted towards the color that he is. It's not it's it's tinted towards the color of what he's wearing. You know what That's I mean? That's the weird part. His aura, it's not like it's his aura or something like that, something weird. It's like, nope, he's wearing an orange jumpsuit, it's orange. He's got an orange trail. Nope, he's wearing black, it's a purple trail. No explanation. It looks good. I don't get it. Don't get it. Don't get it. The echolocation, um, kind of cool. The echolocation looks good. The ear, his ears, him and Matt Smith, when they use echolocation, their ears like shrivel up like they're listening. Yeah. I do wish they had actually screamed because it's unclear how they are sending out an echo to locate. I well. was really curious if the writers of this understood how echolocation works. I don't think so. Because silence is not part of that equation. <laughs> like You know, you know what it is? They watched 2008's The Dark Knight, and they saw how they used echolocation, and were like, oh, that's what echolocation that's what is. is. Dope. A big wave comes out of you, and then you echolocate. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't understand that bats are screaming when they do it. <laughs> so send out something to echo with. Most of, So most of the movie is, honestly, Michael Morbius taking lab notes on himself. Uh, uh, too much of the movie is Michael Morbius being like, huh, that's weird. Can't believe, why can I do that? Huh, I can he, do that he, now. He, he cures his disease, goes back to his lab, and legitimately spends 15 to 20 minutes doing lab notes. And hanging on out him. with his He's bats. Like, I've got increased strength and, and durability. He's also like him and Matt Smith are both like these are guys who have had to walk assisted in some way for their entire lives. But as soon as they have their vampire powers, they're like world class gymnasts. Yep. And I'm like, I get it. You've got super speed and super strength and everything. You still have to know how to like catch yourself they both do i don't know what the maneuver is called but it's the maneuver where there's a bar and you like wrap your legs mm -hmm. around it and your knees are pointing up they it's a very distinct gymnast thing yeah. they both just do it yeah no big deal like immediately after becoming vampire men the transformation is too quick Michael puts the which part of it? Uh, oh, oh, like the literal, like everything. Yes, like the literal, wow. like right when he starts. Like, look, when when Michael first tests out this formula and realizes that it has some legs, he tests it on a mouse. Right, the mouse dies, comes back to life, and it's a vampire mouse. Cool. Um, Michael like puts it in a system. His um assistant doctor girlfriend vampire babe she's pal so I, don't, I don't know what she is oh my God. she's bad um sorry adria there's or jonah you're bad um we haven't talked about her yet because there's nothing bad. to talk about she's not a she's not good she turns around like leaves the room and he's a vampire with no self-control and is super powered it's like literally 30 seconds too fast i'm sorry i was expecting him to like die overnight they're mourning they're having a hard time suddenly you know the body that they think is dead in the bottom of this boat is killing people off one by one and you're actually getting a horror story on board this boat before it comes it makes its way back to manhattan and we get a little bit of this sort of dracula-esque we have a vampire on board a boat killing people and we don't know how it got where it is because let's be clear if you saw that we were talking about this movie and we're like well that's not dracula don't worry this movie thinks it is because they talk about dracula like 15 times <laughs> a lot <laughs> they're constantly referencing dracula and the i agree with you the boat is i think supposed to be yeah. a not so subtle nod to the demeter yeah like, I, I agree i think that's pretty clear 
but it's really poorly done. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. It's just unclear. Um, yeah. I, I, the vampire face is also a defining part of this. You can see it in the trailer. Um, it's mm-hmm. pretty accurate. I'd say it's pretty yeah, devoted it looks to great. the comics, and I really like it. It takes mm-hmm. getting used to, because when we say there's a whole lot of CGI in this, oh, that's an my. understatement. Whoa. Uh, we talk about big CGI fights in Marvel movies. That's um, all of this. Sorry. Every, everything is CGI in this. Yeah. There's just a CGI layer over literally Someone- every human. Someone at Sony has like a 500 gigabyte hard drive that's just Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They've got Jared Leto on file now. I think they've got his genetic code even. That's how much of him is CGI in this. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty outrageous. Uh, The vampire look is pretty good, though, I'd say. It's pretty good. Uh, it's it's changes. There are phases of it, which yeah. is really interesting. Matt Smith is spent. We haven't talked about Matt Smith. Matt Smith is Morbius's childhood friend. That okay? Who also has the disease? Can we yeah, just acknowledge how shitty a friend he is? My- <laughs> Matt Smith or Doctor Michael Morbius? Doctor Michael Morbius. Doctor Michael, Michael Morbius is a terrible. Is friend. introduced yes. to Lucian and immediately doesn't call him Lucian. He's like, "Your name's Milo now," and he's like, "What?" And he goes, your name's Milo, because the last three guys that were next to me who all died, their names are Milo. So they are Milo 1, Milo 2, Milo 3, just Milo. And this continues, uh, and you're like, oh, what a weird childhood thing that this will, and it'll show that Michael Morbius has grown into more of a human when he calls him Lucy. Right. They're adults uh, now. No. Nope. nope. This continues to when they're 39 or however <laughs> old they're supposed to be at this point. And Jared Harris also refers to Matt Smith they're as Dr. Milo. <laughs> Their doctor slash surrogate dad, Jared Harris, calls him Milo. It, like, also Wikipedia lists him as uh, Milo Morbius. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Matt Smith is rich in this movie. How is he rich? No, I, that's not. That's literally never, never said. Never explained. He just has people. They grow up and he's rich and he's the one funding all of Dr. Michael Morbius's yeah, research. He's the one funding it. He has, um, he can hire mercenaries. He can get him a boat. He can put all that together. No idea how or why. No idea how or why. I don't think we ever get his real name other than Lucian. It's Lucian. Yeah. We just never, they never, well, it's the Sony thing of every time there's a good guy, the bad guy is them, but with the, but they're bad guys, the same powers. What's up? Um, so I assume that Lucian backed Michael Morbius's first project with some like family money for the artificial mm-hmm. blood. Yeah. Then owned patents and rights. Oh, uh, that's not bad. Blood, okay. Which sold like crazy. That's not that bad. Makes sense. Yeah, Morbius made artificial blood that saved more lives than penicillin. That's another thing. Yeah. That's crazy movie. And it's blue. It's blue. They're like <laughs> Morbius. You got your doctorate at eighteen, and then you made artificial blood. So let's say even 10 years has passed in there. Somehow, Dr. Michael Morbius created artificial blood, got it through the testing process. And this ain't no COVID vaccine. This is regular speed doctor shit. So he had to go through all the trials. He had to sell it. He had to convince people to put the (laughs) Mountain Dew code (laughs) blue in their veins and that it would be fine. And somehow in that time period, after doing all of that, which conservatively that would take 
seven years yeah. to do mm-hmm. five to seven years at least and then in like the remaining three to five years has saved more lives than penicillin you want to guess how many lives penicillin has on estimate saved please tell me 200 million <laughs> 200 million lives. Yikes. I love on Google. I had to Google that. I didn't just know that off the top of my head. I was really hoping you did. I'm not going to lie. No, wouldn't that be cool, though? Yeah. Uh, No, the first question that people also ask about how many lives did penicillin save is, did penicillin save lives? (laughs) What? I think you just don't know what penicillin is in that case. (laughs) Yeah, I think they don't know what penicillin is. I think they think pencil. They meant to write pencil. (laughs) Pencils save lives. Have pencils saved lives. (laughs) Um, Morbius has a girlfriend slash doctor slash she's, um, a bad doctor. Yeah. She's a really bad doctor. She's also a bad doctor, which we'll get to at some point is <laughs> bad doctors. Uh, yeah. Martine Bancroft is the character name. I, I, I don't know. She's really bad. Um, like there's just nothing compelling going on there. I'm laughing right here at the Wikipedia that as I see Arjona said the character was the smart one in the room and took inspiration from politician and activist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, what? what? <laughs> you used what? AOC as the basis for this character? <laughs> what? <laughs> that's crazy. What the fuck? That's the that's up the, that is crazier than Jared Leto using crutches to get around. That is <laughs> what? insane. She says maybe 50 things in this movie. And most of them are like, no, Michael, what are you doing? No, Morbius, don't stop. Don't no. go more ball around. No. no. God, you have to control it. The- like, what? <laughs> is there anything terror? Oh, the final fight scene. So Matt Smith yeah, goes crazy when he steals the cure. We don't see him steal the cure. He's just suddenly like, I took the cure. I'm a vampire now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm crazy. And again, and by golly, he knows what movie he's in because he is a batshit evil vampire My man. man is having the time of his life yeah. being an evil vampire man. God, he better come back in another movie. He's dead. Um, <laughs> He steals it. He again, this is the the movie. You can tell it was written by Dracula Untold because it is beat for beat. The That's ending it. of Dracula Untold. The bad guy kidnaps Dr. Michael Morbius's girlfriend, AOC kills her yep. all but dead she makes morbius drink her blood so now morbius is just a he's a real vampire boy now and then he goes and he fights his old best friend slash brother and and he kills him with a with a flock of bats it is so step for step dracula untold y'all it is the exact they same just fucking thing and pasted it um and when we say flock of bats you can remember how we described Dracula Untold's fist of bats, the way Dracula has command over them and uses them. Michael just shouts out his little bat best friend that he's kept in a tube, come running. And um, then he uses them to so smash Matt Smith. <laughs> like So those weren't all of his bats. And the movie, to its credit, I caught this. There's a point where there's a news broadcast happening. And I always read the bottom scrawl uh-huh. on news articles, especially in superhero things. Okay. Because they're usually referencing other things that I'm more interested in. And in that one, they specifically say a subway station was closed down because of a bat infestation. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. 
So that's why there's 50 million fucking bats at the end of this movie. That's a lot. It, I will say the one way this movie outdid Dracula Untold was the method of bats. So Dracula Untold, we love the slamming the fist down into the tower in a flock of bats. Jared Leto as Dr. Michael Morbius, I will say was a big fan of TV. One TV show in particular. That TV show is of course Dragon Ball <laughs> Z. Because Dr. Michael Morbius, brilliant blood surgeon that he is, uh he gets the blood bats. Surgeon. He gathers don't worry about it. It's the joke. He he gathers the bats, he brings it into if you're listening to this podcast, you have seen a uh, Kamehameha. <laughs> he brings it into his arms and he slams it out towards Matt Smith, Doctor Who's own. And he just, it, it's, he started to do it and out loud in the theater, I was like, is he gonna, is he gonna Kamehameha him? <laughs> and, and sure enough, he does. I saw this movie with my brother and it was the first thing my brother said was he just Dragon Ball Z'd his ass. <laughs> he Dragon Ball Z'd Matt Smith's ass. <laughs> it's... Mr. Nobody killed Doctor Who <laughs> with a Dragon Ball Z move. I mean, now, if that were the plot summary for this movie, I'd go and see it. But unfortunately, there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes on. There's a lot of other shit. Uh, his girlfriend comes back to life. Yeah, she's a vampire now unexplained um she's not a living vampire either she decidedly she, yeah. dies and comes back the mouse is a vampire mouse is a vampire that's that morbius is a living vampire yeah he never dies. so morbius dr michael morbius never dies he becomes a living vampire michael so smith, smith never died too no sorry matt smith she, she, no michael smith is great <laughs> she dies she dies having drunk some of morbius's blood and she comes back to life she is an honest to god vampire yeah. And so is that mouse. They never address what happens to the mouse. They also put the little girl in a coma and they never address it. Yeah, they just kind of did that. I think she died. I, I bet she did. But again, that was, they don't explain. Was a, no, but talk about a scene that's missing. That's Morbius's emotional shift there. Yes. He goes to her and she's like, can you save me? And he's like, I Fuck. don't know. <laughs> that's your anti-hero choice is he's got to be like, I can technically save this little girl's life this child's life yeah i will turn her into a dr michael morbius living vampire though <laughs> what is Trademark the moral there's no there's no right moral choice there yeah that's a good anti-hero thing and you know here's the other thing we like even if you want to just break this down to the simplest of like character arcs beginning middle and yes. end how does a character does change he does not have one Mm -mm. He has a, he has, he, um, we've, we've, we've failed to mention that he creates a, a poison to kill off, um, oh, yes. the, the vampires. That's how he kills, uh, Matt Smith's character is he stabs him with this poison and it kills him. He creates two, one for Matt Smith and one for himself because he's the one who started all of this. We never get any scene, any moment, any explanation for why he doesn't just kill himself. Instead, he kills Matt Smith, and the next time we see him, he's driving an expensive fucking car out to a the desert. Nice, a really car. nice car out to the desert to meet Michael Keaton. That's it. There is no character moment where he says, this is what I am now. I can learn to be better or I have to fix this, you know, uh, to, so I can still save these people. There is no growth. 
No, and that's the thing. Like usually in the, I'm not a, I would not uh, call myself a Morbius expert uh, in the comics, but usually in the comics nowadays, especially he's whenever Morbius is in it, he's dealing with somebody stole his blood somehow. Yeah. And he's got to, and he feels responsible. He feels morally obligated to fix it. Yeah. Um, or he's trying to kill Blade, which thank God, Blade, they didn't bring Blade over into this universe. Yeah. 100%. Dear God, talk about being acted in circles by Mahershala Ali. Um, <laughs> but are you kidding me? I would totally pay to watch not Mahershala Ali, but our guy. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. Come out there and fight well, he'd, he'd, he'd come out and be like, welcome to the Bladeiverse, baby. And he'd throw his katanas at the camera and the camera would break. I would pay millions to watch Wesley Snipes walk out there and say, welcome to the Bladeverse. Dude, we've already got, uh, we've already got Ryan Reynolds coming as Deadpool. He can just pretend that Seriously. what's his face from, uh, from Deadpool, from uh, Blade is is the Deadpool variant. I meant to say this when we did our Blade thing. Did you ever watch that deleted scene from uh, Blade where Ryan Reynolds comes out chasing a werewolf? I don't think so. We're going to do a special on that one day. It's great. Anyway, continue. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Anything else before we rank? I think we just have to rank them. This movie's really bad. It doesn't make any sense. And it leaves you asking a lot of questions. Because again... There is a good movie in here. Somewhere. Somewhere buried under all of it is legitimately a good movie. 100%. And it hurts. This ain't a Dracula 2012 release in 2013. This isn't a St. Dracula 3D. This ain't not a St. Dracula 3D. This we is, should what watch you this, comp- though, in Hindi and see if it's any better. <laughs> what would you compare this to? Um... Of all the ones we've seen so far. I I need to go back and look through. I got to I got to see what's out there. Um what's coming to mind right off the bat is kind of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because Whoa, that's not what I expected <laughs> you to say. Okay. Let, no, 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 let no, me explain. explain. Yourself. Let me explain. Yeah. Because we've seen a lot of these elements before. Okay. We've seen we've seen these actors before that we really like, that we really enjoy what they're doing. Yes. It's just not put into a formula that is successful. Abbott and Costello uh, takes one of our favorite Draculas and Bella Lugosi and puts it with Abbott and Costello. Great. And there's Frankenstein yeah. in it. And yet in the end, the movie just doesn't make sense because of a it's poorly configured. Nothing's explained. Nothing is justified. Uh, and that's kind of how I feel about this. Is it just it doesn't matter <laughs> that makes perfect sense all of its yeah. victories are immediately negated by the fact that it was poorly thought out yeah i think this is giving me dracula 2 ascension vibes, oh yeah big time where it's like there's an honest to god good movie in here what what the hell happened <laughs> let's just okay morbius morbius this is not canon this will not be compared to any of the other draft i mean it will be (laughs) but this is not on the same uh level of our spreadsheet this is down with gandalf and optimus prime and castlevania unfortunately (laughs) um humor charisma uh okay this this is a big this is a big big bad number for him because I, I'm sorry. You had an actual human, an Oscar-winning actor out here, and he's got nothing. He's got nothing. Uh, this is a, a three. 
I think a three is too high. <laughs> two? <laughs> Can I tell you what? What? Hit me with it. I think Dracula 2012 released in 2013 is more charismatic <laughs> than this guy. <laughs> This uh, guy's boring as hell he and wants so to die. He's so boring. And again, he's a horrible friend. Yeah. He's a bad friend. He's a bad son. Uh, he gets an award at the beginning of the movie uh, from the King of Sweden, yeah. and he rejects it he rege- on stage yeah. in front of the Swedish royalty. Yeah. <laughs> again, we don't see it because God forbid we have an interesting scene happen besides the Kamehameha. Yeah. But it, it it's just like we learn later on that he got this like prestigious medical award for inventing artificial blood that according to the movie saved more lives than penicillin saved 200 million plus lives <laughs> it is a oh i'm sorry his award is a nobel peace prize i was gonna say isn't it a me. nobel prize he turns down a nobel peace prize fuck you dr michael morbius he's like it's a failure and it's like okay by your no i mean if we're gonna believe you that it saved more lives than penicillin that is decidedly not a failure yeah i'm sorry it couldn't save your life and matt smith's life but fuck you fuck you you asshole uh all right well we gave uh, i want like a point five. Like, <laughs> I, I was hit him with a point five. i, I mean just, he's I, he's got nothing going for him i do no. not understand why martine is at all interested no martine is hot for dr michael Morbius. it's never explained and i no it's never explained she's also basically his nurse yeah. <laughs> a little weird she's basically like taking care of him the whole movie yeah it's it's a weird setup fashion yeah. sense fashion sense on the other hand however he's gonna look great very he's look great. very nicely dressed man yeah. little tinge of purple in that final outfit yeah. even even when he's like supposed to be like sickly and can barely dress himself my man still looks great yeah I totally agree. I think this is the probably is good. his best uh, score in his fashion sense. This or combat. This yeah, or combat. Definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is his best one in my in my mind. Um, okay. Because I think this is easily a, around a nine. Mm-hmm. I think I you could. Agree. Put, I think you could put a nine point five there if you really wanted. Nine point five. Wow. It's rarefied air, but the man looks good. And here's the one thing: we can complain yeah. about Jared Little all we want, but that man looks great for being in his fifties. Dude's jacked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he runs a cult and he's a bad person, but he is jacked he's as jacked. all hell. Yeah. So um, 9.5. Yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah. yeah. The hair. Hair looks good. Hair the looks hair good. looks good. Uh, intelligence. He did get his doctorate at 19 yeah. and saved 200 million plus lives. <laughs> I mean. He's really smart. He is really smart. Uh, he has apparently invented uh, the most important piece of medical anything. Yeah. Ever. ever. But I mean, it's got to. But he's stupid. He's, I mean, he is. Stupid. He has his emotional intelligence is got to be low, oh man. God. Yeah, yeah. Because he's borderline taking advantage of Martine, right? I mean, there's some manipulation going on there. Uh, I would agree. He's would agree. totally never respected his supposed best friend, and it doesn't even sound like he's got a decent relationship with his surrogate father doctor. So uh, I'm going to say he's a bad communicator, and that's going to drag down his score. If we were doing this Bad purely on book smarts, doctor sh- stuff, maybe he's in the nines, but I think the- uh, He tries to hide his tube full of bats in the middle of his office. <laughs> he puts it in the middle of the office. What the fuck is that? Of his of his office, which has floor-to-ceiling glass windows into it, which yeah. he can do, like he can cover them. Yeah. Also- But still. Does, does every floor come standard with bat tube? 
So can I tell you, I think, so Horizon Labs is where uh, Michael Morbius works. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, in the comics, Horizon Labs is a very big deal. Yeah. Um, it's like Spider-Man works there. Peter Parker owns it at one point, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they make very advanced uh, medical and, and engineering technology and Spider-Man stealth suit and stuff <laughs> like that. Just that little thing. I think this is a floor. He just has a whole floor. I think it's a floor of Horizon Labs mm-hmm. is dedicated to this because he like invented that. the synthetic blood, I assume. Yeah, I like that. I can see that. So that's that's my kind of – that's how I justify it in my head. So not every floor comes standard with bat tube? No, I think the bat tube goes floor to <laughs> – ground floor <laughs> all, all the, the way, way to the top floor. <laughs> Did he have that installed? <laughs> that's also animal cruelty. Yeah. Oh, 100%. He did, we never see him feed the bats. Bad guy. He just goes and stands with them sometimes. He stares and looks at them dramatically. And I'm like, I get and it. And then he's like, I they're my brothers. Anyway, they get me. They the get bats me. get me. You're right. I forgot the fact he does call the bats his brothers. <laughs> and that does drag his emotional yeah. intelligence down. Because clearly he's never cared for anybody in his life. Yeah. And can only relate to uh, flying rats. I think he has to be like a seven. <sighs> I want to give him a 7.5. Okay, I'm cool with a 7.5. He is really- Because I think- He saves, uh, you know- 200 million plus lives. I can complain about it all I want. The movie does say he saved more lives than penicillin. Yeah, so we got to treat this fact. 7.5. Yep. Combat score. Quite high, I think, actually. I totally agree. He's got, I mean, his bat, he's got bat flying. He's got bat strength. Um, he's got, he's pretty speedy. Speed. Um, he's got some really sharp Sonar. teeth. Some really he's sharp got nails. City- He's got New York City wide sonar. Yeah. I mean, when he's listening for somebody, he can just be like, okay. Uh, oh, okay. So they're on 59th and 3rd. Great. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is, again, he's he's in the nines without a doubt here. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's facing, you know, he takes care of mercenaries, no problem. Takes down Matt Smith, too. I think a nine is an easy score here. I think a nine is a very easy score. Yep. Shape shifting. Mm. I don't think he does it. I don't think he does it. I don't think I we don't can think count the bat maybe form. A, maybe a one, because he's technically kind of a different thing when he hasn't fed. That's true. That's true. Maybe yeah, a, I'll go with a one, one on that. I, hit, I can see a one. Yep. Miscellaneous. <sighs> we... I... We can't. Hmm. I was just going to say artificial blood, Sports. but we can't. We can't give it to him twice. You know what I mean? You can't count that yeah. score twice. Yeah. Uh, sports car. Sports car. Never had a Dracula with a nice sports car. That's true, and it's a really nice sports car. What car is he driving at the end there? That's I tried to find question. a clip from it. That's uh, a great what question. What car is Morbius? Oh, what car is Morbius in? There you go. Oh, nice. Somebody else. Who is, is Morbius? Somebody that else is was not... wondering the same thing as you. <laughs> Somebody else walked out of that movie and said, "Fuck, that was a nice car." Uh, it was a good, it's, I mean, it's, it's a legit car. I think it's a Lambo, maybe. Yeah, that's what I would, I thought it was going to be, um, what's, what's the, what's the Lambo that it's, uh, name in Italian means bat. <laughs> Cause Batman has oh, one. Oh, it's the Batman one. Yeah. Oh crap. Which one is that? Um, oh, I don't remember, uh, Lambo bat. Um, Is it the... I think he's driving a Lamborghini. Oh, it's Mercilagio? a... Um, Murcielagio. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is the car that... Um, yeah. That is the car that Batman drives, the Lambo that Batman drives, rather, in uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah. 
I, I thought could that I someone just show me the thing? <laughs> I know this has leaked. Come on, sweet car. Don't know how he gets Rad it. Rad car. Don't know how he gets it. Don't know how he gets it. I don't care though. I think he's got a sick Lambo. Yeah, he just stole that from somebody. And Dracula, he he totally stole <laughs> that car. He 100 stole that. Because he was like, I got to go meet Michael Keaton in the desert. <laughs> I got to go meet Michael Keaton to talk about Spider-Man. Who's Spider-Man? I don't know. But, it, you know, he Hot. he says, he, he says, intriguing. And it's like, yeah, because a vulture man <laughs> flew out of the sky and said, let's talk about Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, who? Intriguing? I guess that's the word. I mean, confused also morbius confused we didn't say it how the fuck does michael keaton get his vulture suit so i read somewhere that they think it's the same one from amazing spider-man 2's basement i call bullshit i call bullshit too yeah you know how he got it how cgi yeah oh michael keaton was not there his mask stays on because that is a hundred percent cgi michael keaton when uh, that's not even that's, yeah they called michael keaton and said talking to a microphone <laughs> yeah. real quick and talk about the sinister six if you need to please. use your cell phone it's fine we'll take it um it it's crazy man he the end credit scene drags this movie down yeah it's, i know we already said it but my it doesn't make any sense golly does it uh what's what scores the, the does the car get we can either in the Lambo or the fact he can control bats with his mind, because that is pretty good. His bat brotherhood is kind of fun. His bat brotherhood is kind of fun. The fact he makes the bats, like, wait while he builds up the Kamehameha <laughs> is really good. <laughs> wait. <laughs> what was he building up? The Kamehameha. <laughs> like, you know how they actually could have won a ton of points with at least me? Is if he said it? Is if there? <laughs> no, if there's a point in the earlier in the movie where where Michael Morbius and Matt Smith it. are watching Dragon Ball Z together. That would have been awesome. Just have it be a weird quirk that they had. Like, they both love Dragon Ball Z. Honestly, would have made a huge difference. I totally agree. I think I would have loved that, yeah, actually. that would have been really fun. I want to give it for the Lambo, because again, like, we've seen Bats... Yeah. be mind controlled before and i don't think these are as useful as dracula untold i totally agree uh i think the bat i think the lambo's a seven i think the lambo's a seven it's yeah a sweet car it's a maybe it's a lambo i'll do more research before next week's episode and and confirm yeah grand entrance grand oh i or think exit. it's got to be the exit because in the be- his grand entrance is him hobbling on stage <laughs> um i think it'll be the exit exit with intriguing Oh That's shit! The that last is the time exit, we see him in it? the movie. Intriguing. They're both bad. They're both bad. But he has the Lambo in the Grand Exit. <laughs> That's true. It's really it's he an entrance the, and an exit, a, right? Because he enters the scene in the Lambo, and, and even if it's just in voice, Michael Keaton is in the scene, and that does build that does most that. scenes up for me by a point. So. <laughs> So we're looking at what? It's like a 1.5. Like this is, no, I don't think it's a 1. 0.5. This is 0.5. Maybe maybe 0.8 or something in there? No, let's go 0.5. Neither one's good. They're both bad. They're both bad, yeah. Book bonus. (laughs) They reference Dracula one time. I think that's a 0.1 there. There's a boat. (laughs) There's a boat and they reference Dracula a lot. Yeah. Um, Is that it? There's a doctor. There is a doctor. <laughs> All right. Anything you want to go back and adjust? No, I think we've been incredibly generous already. How the fuck 
Does Dr. Michael Morbius exit this show with a 35.1? It is all in fashion, intelligence, and combat. He nails the technicals and nothing else. You can combine humor, charisma, grand entrance, and book bonus and just get over a one. Wow. That's crazy. That's wild. Wow. And honest, whoever gave costume designer, whoever gave Michael Morbius that purple coat... God bless Props you. to you. You should dress most modern Draculas, I think. I think you nailed it. I agree. Definitely definitely his, his best feature, in my opinion. Well, I would call myself a certified Morb Lord after this. Um, I will not. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for the second one. I missed the accent. Did you just say I can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for the second one? <laughs> I need the accent. I wanted the accent so bad. I need to Why fix my blood. I'm accent. looking for anticoagulant. I want to <laughs> fix my blood. I'm going to stand up now without the crutches. Yeah? Like, that would have been great. I bet Jared Leto, Jared Leto came in day one of shooting and was like, okay, I got the accent down and everything. <laughs> and the director was like, absolutely <laughs> not. not. Jared Leto's like, I just spent eight months living in Latvia, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch the worst part. The more interesting part about every Jared Leto's performance is I would watch a documentary about him creating his character, quote unquote, rather than watching the movie. Did you see the Mads Mikkelsen quote? No. God. Oh, wait, wait, really? Oh, I need to pull this, this up. Is a quote about Mads Mikkelsen no, or from Mads, Mads Mikkelsen? Mads said this about method acting, so it feels... Oh, wait, this is familiar. Yes, it yes, feels yes. like he's just talking to Jared Leto. Wait, okay, I this gotta find This was like it. today, right? Or yesterday? It's recent, yeah. It's, it's very, very recent. recent. The last few days. Oh, <laughs> right, you got the quote? Yeah, I got it. It's bullshit, but preparation... <laughs> You can take it into insanity. What if it's a shit film? What do you think you achieved? Am I impressed that you didn't drop character? You should have dropped it from the beginning. How do you prepare for a serial killer? You going to spend two years checking it out? (laughs) Oh, God. And there you have it. Because the argument for method acting is always, well, Daniel Day-Lewis gives some of the best acting performances of the 20th century by method acting. And you're like, okay, yeah, I mean, I I can't really argue with that. But then we have Mads Mikkelsen, who I would argue has given some of the best acting performances of the 21st century. I agree. Saying it's bullshit. I mean, he even talks about Daniel Day-Lewis a little bit. Um, (laughs) uh, Would he work with Daniel Day-Lewis? I would have the time of my life with him, just breaking down the character constantly. Daniel Day-Lewis is a great actor, but method acting has nothing to do with it. I'll agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. Mads Mikkelsen, he should play Dracula. Yes. Oh my God, he'd be a great Dracula. Yes, and Matt Smith should have played Morbius. Oh, without a doubt. Without a done doubt. Done and done. Matt Smith would have been a way would have had a better score. Switch their roles. The only thing Matt, Matt Smith would not have scored as well on is Fashion Sense. Yes. Yeah, because and even then, I kind of like his Beetlejuice suit. Yeah, he he he's kind of hilarious. He's uh, got a weird Beetlejuice outfit on at one yeah, point. He does. I kind of like it. It looks bizarre. I like, but it. he's smooth. He's way more. Charismatic. I was gonna say his humor charisma is at least an eight. Oh. Well, next week we are going to be watching uh, Dario Argento's Dracula, our 
one of our last 3D Draculas, the last movie called Dracula 3D. Uh, this is 2012 movie. Uh, this is an Italian, Spanish, French co-production. What a year for Dracula. This is 2012. What a year. Everybody was feeling Dracula in 2012. <laughs> Ain't that funny? That? That's so I wonder weird. why that is. Yeah. There's got to be a reason. So strange. Well... We will see you then for that. Evan, how you want to leave the show? Oh, the only way one can go out after watching Michael Morbius. I want to go out <laughs> with a trail of purple or orange dust behind <laughs> me because maybe I just have extreme dandruff or maybe I'm a vampire. You never know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm a vampire. <laughs> um, I think I will be leaving in my Lambo. I'm going to drive out into the desert in my Lambo and um, Roman Mars is there and he's going to recruit me into the <laughs> podcasting version of the Sinister Six. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's called the Sin. It's the it's the Sinister Six. <laughs> and that's us all syncing up our microphones together. <laughs> we'll see you next week for Dracula 3D. We're back on that Drac boat. Ooh. All aboard. Get your tickets. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>